Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. In Parshas Vayakel, we read about how the Bnei Yisrael brought to Moshe Rabbeinu all of the various materials that were necessary for building the Mishkan. Now, this is a narrative. This is a, a, uh, a record of events that took place, a telling of events. Now, normally, <clears throat> when the Torah tells us a narrative, it uses a certain verb form with which we are all familiar. It uses forms like vayidaber, vayikach, vayomer, vayavo, vayavi. It uses that vav at the beginning of the word. It's called the vav hamahapech. And then it uses what is actually a future tense verb like yidaber, literally means he will speak. But this is a peculiarity of Hebrew grammar in the, in the Torah and in Tanakh, that the vav at the beginning of the word transforms an usid into an over. It transforms a future tense verb into a past verb. So vayidaber, you might have thought means, and he will speak, but it really means, means and he did speak. Vayikach, you would have thought means, and he will take, but it really means, and he did take he took. That is the form that the Torah, the, the verb form that the Torah, that the Torah usually uses when telling a narrative. I'm going to call it the Ovar Siduri, because it is the past tense that tells events in a Seder, in an order. First this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. We see it, for example, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the first words of many of the Parshias in Sefer Bratius. You have Vayishlach Yaakov, and Yaakov sent, and Vayetze uh, Yaakov, and Yaakov went out. I uh, forgot to mention that another aspect of this verb form is that the verb comes before the subject. So you have Vayishlach, he sent, Yaakov, means Yaakov sent. Vayetze Yaakov, the word Vayetze is first, but it would be translated into English as, and Yaakov went out. That's the normal way that the Torah conveys to us a narrative. Here in Parshas V'yakil, where the Torah also is conveying to us a narrative, to a large extent, the Torah does not use that form. Let's take a look at some of the psukim, Perak Lamed Hey. I'm not gonna read every word of every Pasuk. I'll read the parts which use a different verb form than what, what, what might be expected. V'chol asher nadvarucho oso, Every person whose spirit uh, caused him to donate, whose spirit was generous, they brought as trumas Hashem They brought the contribution to Hashem to for the work of the oil mayad. Now here we have the subject of the verb coming first. The subject is chol asher That is sort of a complex subject, but it means all those whose spirits were generous. So you have the subject first, 
And then you have the verb in a plain past tense, hevio. You have again over here, kol nadiv lev, everyone who was generous of heart, hevio. They brought the following items. They brought various uh, golden jewelry. So you have the subject of the sentence first, kol nadiv lev, and then you have a simple past tense, hevio. Let's just quickly see a few more. V'chol asher nimso ito, everyone by whom it was found, tcheles and agaman and various form, kinds of fabric, everyone by whom, everyone who had such fabric, heviu, they brought. Kol merim trumas kesef everyone who was going to contribute a contribution of silver or copper, heviu, they brought. Simple past tense. Let's see uh, one more over here. V'chol hanoshim and all of the women, tovu esaizim. They spun the goats, meaning they spun the hair of the goats. So we have over and over again, a different grammatical form. We have the subject of the verb first, and then we have a simple past tense. Now I've discussed this in the past. This is referred to by some commentators, many commentators, as over mukdam, as a previous past tense or the past perfect tense. In many, many cases in the Torah, this form indicates an action that happened even before certain other events which are written before. The, 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 the first example that the Mephoshim talk about is a Pasuk in Bracious Perigdalit. After the Torah has narrated to us the whole story of the, the sin of Adam and Chava, it then says, Adam yoda ishto. It says then that Adam knew, he had the carnal knowledge of Chava, his wife. He had relations with Chava, his wife. And Rashi there says that the Adam Yoda indicates grammatically that this took place before the whole story of the sin. Really, they had relations when they were back in Gan Eden, before all the trouble started. That is the meaning, that is the normal use of this verb form. The Adam, the subject comes first. Yoda, he knew, but it really should be translated into English as he had known, he had previously, before the previous events, he had done whatever he did. Now in this section of Parshas Yakel, I don't think we can say that. Um, when it says, everyone whose uh, spirit made him feel generous, they brought, I don't think that's happening before something else that happened. The beginning of the Parsha, the Parsha begins with Vayakel Moshe. Moshe gathered the people and he told them, you have to build the Mishkan now and make sure you don't, you're not Mechal Shabbos in the process. Now, the bringing of the, of the Nadavis didn't happen before that. So why does the Torah use this expression? The subject, simple past tense and so on throughout this little section of text, and so on in other places in Parshas Vayakel. It can't be because these actions happened before the one before it. So I think that we have to, we have to use a point that is made by a sefer called Midayek Karashi, which I mentioned uh, two or three, either one or two shiurim ago, it was published in 1938 in Warsaw, Poland. 
in, in his discussion of a Pasuk and Parshas Yisrael, he talks about this verb form where you have the subject and then the simple past tense. But he doesn't say that it indicates the past perfect. He doesn't say that it indicates things that happened in the past even before other things in the past, but rather what he writes is over here. It indicates a dover be'etzem, chutz me'etzem me'inyan. It indicates something that is by itself outside of the inyan, outside of the topic that is being discussed. Now, I don't think he's disagreeing with all the other mefarshim who talk about the past perfect, but I think he is broadening the definition. He's really getting down more to the kernel of the understanding of this verb form. The real kernel, the real root of this verb form is that it is not consecutive. When we say Vayedaber Hashem, Vayetze Yaakov, Vayishlach Yaakov, Vayeshev Yaakov, etc., etc., that is in a certain order. Everything comes together in an order, one after the other after the other. It's a chain of events, and each event depends on the ones before it and leads up to the ones after it. But when you use this form, like Adam Yoda, you're talking about a separate thing, which does not connect directly to what just came before it, in one way or another. And I think we can apply this idea to these psukim here. We can say that all of these psukim that talk about they brought uh, everything that was needed for the Malachas and Mishkan, and they came and they brought various kinds of golden jewelry. And each person who had all these different kinds of fabric, they brought them. And whoever had silver and, and copper, they brought that. And whoever had atse shitim, whoever had the proper kind of wood, heviu, they brought that. And uh, all the women who were wise, they spun the wool uh, with their hands. Tovum, they spun, et cetera, et cetera. The reason why this is not stated in the Vayomer Vayedaber, the reason that it doesn't say Vayoviu or Vayitmu is because these events did not necessarily happen in sequence. When you think about it, you think about what the scene must have been like when the people were contributing items to the Mishkan. I don't think they came in any particular order. I don't think the Pasuk means to say that uh, the first people who came, they brought they brought all of these uh, golden uh, women's jewelry. And then came everybody who had fabrics. And then came everybody who had silver and copper. And then came everybody who had wooden boards. And then uh, the women who were good at spinning wool spun the wool and so on. I don't think it's a sequence of events that happened in any specific sequence. I think it probably happened that, that people just came more or less simultaneously. That's probably true. Some people came one day, some people came the next day. Maybe people were uh, preparing what they were going to bring in some way, uh, polishing the silver or cleaning the, cleaning the copper or whatever it is. But I don't think it was consecutive events in any particular order. They brought, everybody came when, when, they, had, when they had prepared what they, what they had to bring, they brought it. And I think that's why the Torah uses this plain past tense with the subject coming first, because it's a dober be'etzem chutz me'etzem e'inyan. It's not a chain of events over here. Each event is a, is a separate event 
that happened. When it happened, it does, that doesn't exactly connect uh, chronologically to the other events which are, which are uh, described here. They all happened there. Some of them happened exactly at the same time, and some of them, uh, uh, coincidentally, uh, this one may have happened before that one, but it was not really done in any particular sequence. And I think that's why the Torah uses this verb form, except we have one question. If we look at the last Pusik in this section, it says as follows, Bahanasim Heviu, the Nasim, the presidents or princes of each tribe, Heviu. So we have here a very clear example of this verb form. You have the subject Hanasim, and then you have the simple past verb, Hanasim Heviu, Ace Avne Hashoham. They brought the Avne Hashoham, were two jewels which were placed on the shoulders of the Aphid. The Ace Avne Hamiluim, and they brought the Avne Hamiluim, which were in the Choshen, in the Kohen Gadol's breastplate. Laifod Velachoshen. They brought these items for the Aphid and the Choshen. The Es Habosem, and they also brought the fragrant spices, the Es Hashomen, and the oil, Lemaor, for the lighting, the, the Shemen, the oil was for the, for the menorah, for the Shemen Hamishcha, and for the anointing oil and for the uh, incense of uh, fragrant spices. Here it says, Vahanasim Heviyo. Okay, so you might say that the Torah is using this, um, what I'll call it a, of our bilti siduri, a non-consecutive past tense. You might say that the Torah is using this non-consecutive past tense because like all of these events, it didn't happen in any particular order. However, that's not what Rashi says. Rashi says the exact opposite. Let's take a look at Rashi on this Pasuk. It's really Pasuk Chavzayin. Let me fix that right now. Okay. Ranasim Heviyu. Amar Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi Nassim says, Ma ro Nassim lesnadev b'chanukas ha-mezbeach b'tchiva. What did the Nassim see? Meaning, why did they see it fit to donate for the chanukas ha-mezbeach first? If we go to Parshas Nosai, where the Nesim, where, where the, the Mishkan had already been built, and the Torah tells us that certain korbanas were brought to inaugurate the Mishkan. It says there that, that which people inaugurated the Mishkan? The Nesim. Each Nasi brought a long list of korbanas and of gifts of different kalim, and uh, each Nasi, his korbanas were brought on a, on a different day for the first 12 days of the operation of the Mishkan. So why did they see fit to donate to the dedication of the Mizbeach first, but here, when it comes to the work of the Mishkan, meaning the building of the Mishkan, they did not donate first. So you see Rashi's understanding that doesn't mean that it was uh, not in any particular order. No, it's it's written here last because they did it last. This is what the Nesim said. This was their thought. Let the Tzibor, let the congregation bring whatever they can bring. They're not so rich as we are. Let them bring as much gold and silver and fine fabrics that they can manage to do. And what they lack, what they fail to bring because they simply don't have. 
we will fulfill it. We will fill out the order. We'll finish it off. But what happened is that when the tzibor finished the entire nedava, when the people were able to give to the Mishkan everything that was necessary to build it, Shenemar, as it says, there's a Pasuk that says the Malacha, meaning the, the work of bringing materials to the Mishkan was sufficient. They had brought everything that was necessary. So Amru Nesim, the Nesim said, what can we do now? Nothing left for us to do. So they brought the Avnei HaShoyham and the Avnei HaMeluyim, they brought these precious stones. Now, they brought those items because they, as far as those items were concerned, the Nesim really were the only people who had such items. They're very expensive, special items that only these very wealthy and important people had. But really, they should have participated in bringing plain golden or ornaments and fabrics and wood and everything else that was necessary to build the Mishkan. They missed out because of this calculation that they made that uh, they thought that the people were not going to be able to bring everything necessary. L'chach, so they made a mistake here over here. That's why when it came to donating for the inauguration of the Mizbech, the dedication of the Mizbech, they went first and they brought everything. Since at first they were lazy, meaning here in this Pasek, they exhibited a certain trait of laziness. So nechsera os mishmam, a letter is removed from their name. Vahanesiyam ksiv, the word hanesiyam is written without any yuds. The word hanesiyam would normally have two yuds, or at least one um, between the aleph and the mem at the end, at least. So that yud, which is of course a very holy letter, it's one of the letters of Hashem's name, is left out of their name. Because as, as leaders, they were lacking. Now, so we see here that this Pusik, this last Pusik in this section, is not talking about a, an event that took place in a sort of random order. It doesn't really matter uh, if we'll say it took place before this or after that, or maybe in the middle somewhere. Rashi is saying that it specifically happened at the end. So what happens to my theory that all of these actions are expressed in this uh, of our Bilti Siduri and this non-narrative past tense in order to show that they didn't really happen in any particular order. But this Pasuk, the last one, seems to contradict that idea. Let's put that question up on a shelf and let's examine the Rashi a little bit. The issues. <laughs> One of the issues with this uh, Rashi, on its own terms, besides uh, my theories about different forms of the past tense, is that Rashi begins by asking a question based on a pasuk that is later in the Torah. Let's see the question one more time. Amar Rabbi Nasan. Rabbi Nasan says, "Ma ro why did, why did the Nesim see fit to donate by the inauguration of the Mizbeach first? But by the Malachas HaMishkan, they did not donate first. Now, wait a minute. Where does it, where we are, 
we're holding here in Parshish uh, Vayakel, in Sefer Shemois. Okay, uh, Rashi understood, however he knew, but Rashi understood that the Nesim came last to give their donations for the building of the Mishkan. Where does it say that they came first to donate for the Chanukah Samizbeach? That's much later in the Torah. That's in Parshish Nosli. Generally speaking, as I've said many times, Rashi does not raise questions on a Pusik based on a later verse. Generally speaking, if a Pusik can be understood on its own terms, Rashi doesn't worry about some other Pusik later in the Torah that might contradict it. When he'll come to the second Pusik, which contradicts the first, he will address the question. But here, Rashi, uh, as I've often said, he's like the little boy in the back of the classroom who raises his hand and says, I know, Rebbe, I know another Pusik that none of the other boys learned, but I know another Pusik later in the Torah that contradicts this one. Rashi does not usually do that. Why over here does Rashi jump in and ask a question based on a later Pusik? Many Mifarshim, probably uh, the most prominent of the commentators who who say this is the Maskele David, many Mefarshim say that when Rashi asks any question explicitly, there's really always another question, an implicit question in the Pasuk itself, which is really Rashi's main question. This is referred to by the Maskele David as the Hergish Mibachutz. And perhaps here there's also meaning there is a Pasuk that Rashi does, there is a question that Rashi's not, doesn't really write directly, but it's really his main starting point for his discussion. Perhaps we can say that Rashi's real starting point is what he mentions in the end, that the word Vahanasiyam is not spelled correctly. It's missing a Yud, or maybe even two Yuds in my opinion, but at least one. So it could be Rashi saw that the word Hanasiyam is spelt without a yud, that is somehow lessening their importance. Rashi wanted to know why is that? So he explained it by quoting Rebbe Nussin's question and Rebbe Nussin's answer that the Nasiyam were quote unquote lazy in this case. And that's why, that explains why their name is written in a, in a defective form, lacking all of the letters that it would normally need to show that they came up lacking in, this, uh, in their actions in this, in this context. That's a possibility, except the problem is that the Maskell the David himself, the same Sefer that champions this idea of the Hergish Mibachutz also says in another place that Rashi, generally speaking, is not interested in chaseros v'yaseros. Rashi generally does not get involved in explaining all the places where the Torah either leaves out a yud or above or puts in a yud or above where it's not 100% necessary. There are many words in the Hebrew language that you could put in an extra yud or take out a yud, put in an extra vav, take out an ex take out a vav. And uh, there are svarim that deal with this in, in great, great detail. Uh, I have a friend who, <laughs> who seems to know them all by heart. And he, he can give you various explanations for almost all of them. But Rashi, 99.9% .9 of the time, goes right over those things. Because as the Maskele David says, he says, Rashi is only coming to explain the simple, direct meaning 
of the Pasuk. And in Rashi's opinion, the fact that a word is spelled without a yud or a, or a, or a vav, sometimes even an aleph, then that, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not relevant to the simple meaning of the Pasuk. It may have some underlying meaning. It may contribute in some extra way to the meaning of the Pasuk. But the simple meaning is just read the word and don't worry about the exact spelling. So I think we need another, another explanation over here. Why does Rashi get involved in this kasha, in this question of Rabbi Nelson, which is based on a letter, later Pasuk? Another possibility is that Rashi was really Rashi's hergish mibichutz. Rashi's real implicit question was just based on svarachitzayna, just on outside logic. And his outside logic was that Nesiyan, as leaders, should go first. That, that's simply a, a logical idea. That's simply what makes sense, that a leader should go first. And here we find that they went last. So Rashi answers the question by quoting Rabbi Nassim. Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Nassim asks it as a contradiction between two psukim, this pasuk and a later pasuk. Okay, Rashi was really interested in the phenomenon itself. Why should leaders go last, ever? But by quoting Rabbi Nosen, by quoting his question, and by quoting his answer, Rashi comes to an explanation. That the Nesim went last because in fact, they, they weren't such great leaders in this instance. There was something lacking in their leadership. That's a possibility. I think the best answer to this whole question is something that was uh, shown to me by my, by my uh, colleague and my, and my mentor, Rabbi Herzog, he showed me a year or two ago a quotation from a sefer called Be'er Basadeh, which I had not really heard of very much. I, I had heard of it, but didn't know much about it at the time. Be'er Basadeh was published in 1846. The author's name was Rabbi Meir Benjamin Menachem Ben Raphael Danon, and he lived in Yerushalayim. Sounds uh, Sephardic to me, I don't know for sure, but with a name like that, living in Yerushalayim in 1848, uh, very likely Sephardic. That's neither here nor there. But Be'er Basadeh is a super commentary on Rashi. He also says in his introduction that he is very much influenced by Maskil David. And in several places, he uses the Maskil David's um, idea of the Hergish Mibichutz. He, he seems to uh, follow this opinion that uh, when Rashi asks an explicit question, there's really, really always an implicit question, which is really his main question. Now here the, the uh, Be'er Basadeh raises the question, how does Rashi know in the first place that the Nesim came last? Maybe what really happened is, and that they didn't give anything except what was left over at the very end, which was the Avne Shoham and the Avne Meluyam, et cetera, which only they had in the first place. Maybe, uh, asks the Be'er Basada, maybe really they donated together with everybody else. Maybe they also brought their portions of, uh, of gold and silver and copper and fabrics and, uh, and wood. Maybe they brought those things just like everybody else. But those things which they only had are mentioned last because 
Okay. The, the Torah wanted to point out that that was something special that the Nesim brought. But how does Rashi know that they did not bring all of the other things? So the Be'er Basada answers that if that were the case, it should have said, Vayaviyu Hanasiyam. It should have used that Avar Siduri. It should have used that consecutive narrative past tense. It should have said, Vayaviyu Hanasiyam Esavnei Hashoyim, because that would have indicated that Vayaviyu Hanasiyam is happening after everything else that happened, that there's a chain of events that the people brought all of these different things, and then the Nesim brought their special things that only they could bring. Of course, they also brought together with the people. It would have said, but since it says, and it sticks this word at the front, so this is to tell you, I'll just quote a few words, the Nesim were not amongst the donators that came from all the other people, that came from the nation, by any of the things that are mentioned, not by the gold and the silver and the copper and the wood, etc. Just at the end, they brought only those things that they, that they only had. Because these things were not in the hands of the rest of Klai Yisrael. So it comes out, what is the Be'er Basada saying? That there's a Hergesh Mibachutz. Rashi's main question is not Rabbi Nussin's question, which is based on a later Pasek. Rashi wouldn't use that as a main question. His main question is, in the Pasek itself, why does it say, Vahanasiyam Heviyu, rather than Vayaviyu Hanasiyam? And his answer is, because they were separate from everybody else. They're completely separate. Vahanasiyam, that's like a completely new topic. Hanasiyam, heviyu. If it would have said vayaviyu hanasiyam, so that's the consecutive narrative past tense, that would have indicated that A, B, C, D, and E happened, and then F happened after that as a result, as a chain reaction to that. But that's not what it is. Hanasiyam was like a new thing. They didn't contribute at all at the beginning when everyone else was continuing. And then at the end, a new thing happened. The Nesim showed up and they brought some things. That's how the Be'er Basada explains the Rashi. I think, according to what he's saying, we can understand as follows. This verb, this phrase, Vahanesim Heviyu, is in the grammatical form of what I've called the Ovar Bilti Siduri, of the non-narrative past tense, but not because it happened before certain other things that are written. That's certainly not true. That's the usual meaning of this verb form, but that's not applicable here. And it's not because this event did not occur in any particular order like I said regarding the original examples, but this Pasek did happen. The act that's described in this Pasek did happen in a particular order. It happened specifically at the end, as Rashi says. Rather, it's like what the Medayah Karashi says, say from Medayah Karashi. It is a dover be'etzem chutz me'etzem e'inyan. Because the bringing 
because this that the Nevi'im brought, the Avni Yashayim and so forth, was a Dover Be'etzim Chutzme Etzim It was something separate, separate from the rest of the topic, separate from the rest of the paragraph. As we said, the people brought all of their donations, all of the different things, and they brought them all. They brought everything that was necessary. Closed, case closed. And then what happened? Something new happened. The Nasim showed up and brought the last few things, which only they had in the first place. And this distinction between the people and the Nasim is not, does not reflect well on the Nasim, as Rashi says. They really should have come together with everybody else, but they were lazy. They thought, eh, we'll let the, we'll let the, uh, the, uh, the riffraff, let them bring as much as they can bring. Of course, there'll be lots left over in the end for us to bring. And it didn't work. The people brought everything that was necessary and they were kind of left with not much to do. Now, we are saying on a technical level that the Nesim, their bringing of, of their items, the Avni Ashoyam and the Avni Amaluyam and so on, was something separate. This technical point, I think, is very nicely reflected in a comment by Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch does not explain this Pasek like Rashi exactly, I don't think. Rashi concentrates on the atzlos, on the laziness of the Nasiya. Rav Hirsch gives it a slightly different spin, but I think it fits in very well with the grammatical ideas that I'm saying here. I'll read just a few words. He quotes a medrash on this Basak, which he says, speaks disparagingly of the princes for feeling themselves somewhat slighted in their office by the call for gifts being made direct to the people. When the Nisim heard that Maishu Rabbeinu turned to the entire nation and said, bring the Nidvasa Mishkan, bring that, donate that which is necessary for the Mishkan. The Nisim felt a little insulted. They felt like, we're the great, important, powerful, rich people of the nation. We should bring everything. They felt a little insulted and therefore they held back from giving anything. They said, you know what? Let, let the riffraff bring as much as they can. When they're finished, we'll show them who really has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, precious items and who can really uh, contribute to this great project of the Mishkan. But they, they, they miscalculated. They didn't realize how enthusiastic the people would be. The people brought everything. And Rav Hirsch says here that such a way of thinking was blameworthy, that in this highest national task, it was most reprehensible for them to feel that their office placed them preferably above the people and representing the people. It was wrong of them to think that they're higher than everybody else. Rather, they should have thought of themselves as being in the midst of the people, as the noblest sons and brothers of the people. Their task would be to lead their way in enthusiasm in giving and be the first instead of the last of the givers. They had a certain gaiva, they had a certain excessive pride, and they got a little insulted when everybody else was invited to donate to the Mishkan. And therefore they sat back 
and waited for them to come up short. And this was the wrong attitude. As leaders, not only they should have been first, but they should have been amongst everybody else as noble, important people. They could go in the crowd together with everyone else. They could wear their crowns or they could wear their important garments which show their significance. But they should be examples to the people of enthusiasm for donating to the Mishkan. They needed to lead by example and instead they, 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 they failed in that, in that goal. And this fits in very well with what we are saying in the way of grammar, that Vahanasiyam Heviyu is phrased in this simple past tense with the subject coming first, because it is a Dabra Be'etzim, Chutz Me'etzim Inyan. It's a separate item. They didn't come together with everyone else in perhaps not any particular sequence, which is how the donations most likely were made, but rather, a new thing, a separate thing. When it was all finished and there was really nothing, hardly anything left to bring, the Nasim showed up for their consolation prize of bringing the last few items, which only they in the first place could have brought.